Hello, friends, and welcome. This is episode 14 of Syracuse Sports. My name is Brent Dax. So great to have you here. No matter how you got here, there are many winding roads in life. And if you got here through Spotify, Apple, Amazon, YouTube, however you got here, we thank you for that. Make sure you subscribe and follow. Some new episodes get delivered to you Tuesdays, Thursdays, and don't forget our post-game podcast. Now, a little bit of an announcement, friends. Usually our post-game comes to you on Sunday morning. But for those of you that are sharp and awake and aware and looking for the notifications, Emily and I are going to do our Syracuse football postgame podcast Saturday after Army live. That's right, live. So if you subscribe to Syracuse Orange Sports on YouTube, if you subscribe to Syracuse Orange Football on Syracuse.com on Facebook, you will see the notification pop up live and you can participate in the show as it happens. If you listen to the pod the next day, you're still going to get it. Nothing's going to change there. But for those of you that missed the live aspect of the show, we said, what the heck? Why not? We're going to bring it back. So we will do that Saturday. Don't forget our postgame podcast after every Syracuse football game. Dan Green is going to join us today. He is a sports law professor. He is a practicing attorney and one of the great NIL experts that I have encountered out there right here in central New York. He tracks this stuff really well. He's a great follow on Twitter at Dan Green 15. That's G-R-E-E-N-E. And we're going to ask Dan about the latest in NIL, how Syracuse is doing in the world of name, image, and likeness. And we're going to have a little fun. We're going to both rank our top five Syracuse NIL athletes. And I didn't really put any parameters on this. I'm like, let's just do a top five. I'll do mine. You do yours. And we'll see how it comes out. So you guys think of your top fives as we're going here. But as I've been telling you, and I love to hear your feedback here, we have a voicemail line here for Syracuse Sports. 315-552-1964 is the number. Of course, you can always get in touch with me on Twitter or X, Brent Axe Media. The email is B-A-X-E at Syracuse.com for some longer uh, inquiries if you wanted to get in touch with us there. But I wanted to uh, play a couple of voicemails for you here. So uh, what do you say we do it here? 315-552-1964 is the number. Here is the first one. Um, I had a question. Is there any way that you can explore for us uh, whether this Lysander Moyello, number 71, the junior college transfer, seems like he's got the size and the maturity to possibly make a major contribution to this O-line. So anything that you can explore, because I haven't heard a thing about him even getting in a game yet. Um, I know you're on top of this, Brent. Anything you can do to enlightenness uh on his uh you know where he is uh in the scheme of things would be greatly appreciated we could really use his uh his help thank you so much brent continue on you're doing a great job bye that is tim in south carolina via skinny atlas who grew up here in central new york so he had a question about lysander Molello. he is a offensive lineman for Syracuse football, who goes by a mere 6'6", 360 pounds. And with the Syracuse offensive line having already seen a couple of injuries, Joe House and Kalen Ellis are out. Of course, David Wollabaugh is out for the year. Has Malello made his way up into the rotation? What I can tell you at this point, Tim, is no, he's not quite there yet. He's a transfer in. 
Uh, spent two years at Navarro College, played 16 games there. He's got a pretty interesting background. He is from uh, American Samoa. And as we mentioned, a pretty big dude at that, but he's just still kind of getting used to things. Not quite in the rotation yet, but who knows with the way the Syracuse offensive line depth has been challenged in recent years. Maybe we'll see him get in. There is an interesting note about him, as my colleague Emily Liker reminded me. So when Robert and I was out recruiting on the road and he took a picture with the recruit and then hours later took the NC State job, it was Malolo who he was uh, visiting. So right to the end. And, hey, he stuck with it and came to Syracuse. Here is our second voicemail. Hi, I grew up in Syracuse and used to attend games regularly in, in old uh, Archibald. But what I've been trying to figure out with all this reorganization of college football and even since we went to the ACC, does Syracuse have a football rival? Who, in the, who do the people in Syracuse think is our football rival? And which one of the teams we play yearly in the ACC thinks of us as a rival? I'm not sure we have any rivals anymore since Penn State and West Virginia have dropped off our schedule. But I'd be curious to get your take on that. Thank you. We absolutely positively do not have a football rival. And that is a big problem. Boston College is the closest thing to it. I don't get the hate is a strong word, but I don't get the sports hate feeling when it comes to Boston College. I think Boston College is a regional, convenient rival. They have played a long-time series. I guess if you're going to name a rival, they would fit it, but they're not even the last game on the schedule this year. It's not like an Ohio State-Michigan situation where it's always the last game on the schedule. Boston College is all over the place on the Syracuse football schedule. It is not Pittsburgh. If you ask 100 Pittsburgh fans who their rival is, none of them will say Syracuse. They'll either say West Virginia, and thank goodness the backyard brawl was back on the schedule this year as they just played recently, or they'd say Penn State. By the way, this is the case in basketball now, too. There's a reason they still trudge Georgetown into the schedule every year to make it feel like a rivalry duke is a intense series for syracuse but it is not a rival so that is the problem syracuse football does not have a natural rival and being in the acc we know is necessary but it's a business move and you can't consider any of those acc opponents and they've been in the league for 10 years now an air quotes rival at this point boston college gets it by default but doesn't even meet a lot of the qualifications of a true rivalry at that but uh, let's hear from dan green talk some nil Dan, with the Syracuse football orange at 3-0, and basketball just around the corner, other sports get ready to ramp up here. We got NIL on the brain once again. So we're going to have a little fun here in just a minute, and we're going to put the top five Syracuse NIL athletes in order. Now, I was very vague about this on purpose. I wanted to see what kind of list Dan came up with. I wanted to see what kind of list I came up with. And we'll go back and forth on that in a minute. But uh, first of all, thanks for coming on the show, my friend. Good to see you. Of course. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate being uh, being on the pod. Always fun to talk Syracuse and, and NIL, my two favorite topics. And with the school year here and the you know football season kicking into gear, it's officially NIL season. So uh, happy, happy to talk with you. That's right. And I put, if you're watching on YouTube, that's Dan's Twitter handle there, at Dan Green. One five uh, for those of you just listening. That's uh, at D A N G R E E N E one five as well. Terrific follow on Twitter for all things nil. So Dan, you mentioned it. New school year. 
Let me start there, not only for Syracuse, but in general. What's new? What are some of the latest things you've heard in the world of, of name, image, and likeness that have intrigued you? Well, I mean, just specifically here in our backyard is the creation of Orange United, the the preferred official, whatever they're calling it, NIL collective of Syracuse University Athletics, uh, powered by a company called Student Athlete NIL. Um, just got announced, I believe, a week or two ago. They're they're operating their um, their GM or executive director, whatever they're calling him, Mark Hayes, is starting this week. Um, I think this is a great step forward for the school and its athletes. Um, you know, they, they announced their board, um, a lot of big names on there, whether, you know, former SU athletes, um, the athletic director, John Wild Hacks on there. And um, I think a really smart move by them was to have Professor Dave Maloney on the board. Um, for those that don't know, Dave is a professor at the Falk School at SU. He is the professor for the NIL class. He was one of the, I think might have been the first NIL class on campus uh, back in 2021. And he loves NIL more than anybody I know. He does. He he loves it. He has he has his pulse on it all. He knows he, he knows everybody in the industry. And having somebody like that to kind of gauge how where things should be going, especially at a school like SU where things have been a little bit slow to progress in the NIL front, um, having him is going to be such such a valuable asset. Yeah, Dave's great. I know Dave a little bit. Just I've known Dave forever. We went to school together back in the day and uh, just known him from his work at Syracuse. And Mark Hayes, uh, for the Syracuse Crunch fans, very familiar with Mark. Uh, Mark Big Sexy Hayes. I uh, was going to leave behind the days of the Syracuse Crunch and uh, the energetic uh, promotions and presentations that he has put forward there. He's got a lot of experience in the sports business world, and I think he's going to do a heck of a job running Orange United as well. Side note, terrific street hockey player as well. Uh, we had a series where... I had a street hockey team and our old friend Nico Tamurian, who's now in Seattle, formerly of CNY Central, and we would battle. And Dan, like, this was serious. We had a trophy and everything. Like, this this was not everybody trotting out there having a little fun. Like, this got competitive, and Mark was my number one draft pick, like, four years in a row. So he's, I, I he's, got, he's got many skills that he's going to bring to the table for this new job. I remember that, and I'm, you know, as a still borderline active hockey player, you know, I think that should get kicked back up. Because, uh, you know, I can't skate like I used to, but I still have my feet and I still got my equipment. And I think we should bring it back in some way, shape or form. I like you're, you're pitching me right now to be on my a future street hockey team. I like this. I'm always looking for talent. So uh, yeah, I'm in goalie. I'm a goalie and a scorer. Wow. Big OK, time. well, we'll be talking after this podcast and. uh uh, I don't know if you have an agent or not to deal with your hockey dealings, but uh, we'll be talking after this for yeah, sure. My, my, my agent will contact you. There you go. Yeah, so you, you brought it up. Orange United, the preferred NIL of Syracuse. And what's interesting to me about this, Dan, is now for those that don't know in this world, Syracuse had a, a couple of collectives that were not profits, right? And players would do charity work in exchange for the money that they got, and they were listed as not-for-profit. This is a for-profit NIL entity. Why did they go down that road? It's 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 been a little difficult in the not-for-profit world and the world of and for NIL. Yeah, I think everybody's heart was in the right place, but when it comes to registering as a 501c3 non-for-profit with the IRS, it, it's a pretty difficult process and it takes time. And it's not something, it's not something you kind of get granted very quickly. 
And when, once you do, you know, you still have to adhere to certain requirements, mainly that you're operating for a charitable purpose. Um, you know, there's still the one collective that's around the athletes who care collective that are out operating as a not-for-profit. Um, but I think the reason why we're definitely seeing less of that is because the IRS came out with a memo this past spring, basically saying that just because you say you're a non-for-profit NIL collective doesn't mean you're a not-for-profit NIL collective. You still have to apply. You still have to adhere to certain requirements um, because, I mean, if you think about it, paying student athletes to promote charitable works, is that really a charitable purpose? Um, you know, you can, lawyers can debate that until they're blue in the face, little, I mean, with anything really, but especially something like that, the tax attorneys and, and things like that. But um, I think we all know what collectives are, re what they're doing. And, and heading into now the year three of NIL, we know how things are operating. Collectives are becoming less taboo and having things in the open and having third party companies essentially powering and operating a school's collective makes it even, even more above ground. So I guess there's multifaceted reasons there. And for Orange United, and this was the case with the 315 Collective as well, one thing that they emphasized is this is not just big donors, if you will. This is something that you as a fan can sign up and do. You can go on their website and sign up to donate as much money as you would like. And there's certain perks and benefits you get, I think, for certain levels that you reach, like exclusive access to the athletes and, and some things that you can get depending on, on how much you want to give. But if you're a fan and you just want to help out here and boy, I saw it today as we speak, Dan, SMU joins the ACC and they've already raised like $200 million based off of that. They always had a lot of rich boosters as it is, and they're based in Dallas. So, you know, they certainly have a strong backing as it is, but there is going to be a, a, a bounty of NIL opportunities for those athletes, even more so with NIL coming in. So this is what Syracuse is competing against, even within its own conference and competing against, of course, nationally, because this is a national game. And it leads me to what I wanted to bring up next, Dan, just generally speaking, how is Syracuse doing in your view in, in this ever-changing world of, of name, image, and likeness? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, in, I'm not on the inside or anything like that, but just as an outside observer and being an outside observer um, of all the NIL related activities for different schools around the country, as you started off a little bit on the slow end, um, understanding that SU's had you know a semi-recent history of getting sanctioned by the NCAA um, and probably wanting to sit back and see how things are working. It was, a, the NIL industry is, is evolving every every day, every week, every month, um, especially in the beginning. So I think SU is a little slow um, and maybe a little just hesitant to start reaching out to people about NIL. You know, Syracuse is a big sports school, so there were people that wanted to be involved. That's why you have got uh, Three and Five Foundation, Elite NIL, Athletes Who Care. Um, but I think SU is starting to understand and realize that. NIL is here to stay, and it's really important uh, for the longevity of an athletics program, especially one like SU, which, as you mentioned, maybe doesn't have, you know, isn't in a city like Dallas or has the oil tycoon multi-billionaire donors. Like, you know, SU has a lot of famous alums and alums with money as well. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it can be a little different, especially when you're competing in football. You know, SU, you know, back in the day, hear about the glory years of SU football. 
Um, but you know, it, it's 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 hard to compete these days with that the way the SU football program has been the last two decades um, with your with your schools down south in SEC country. It was interesting too because you said the changing world and everything john wildhack in a story that we had on syracuse.com i think there was even a quote in there that specifically said sometimes it's better to wait on these things like being first at nil didn't necessarily gain you an advantage you certainly wanted to show the athletes out there they were going to get some kind of name image and likeness presence by coming to syracuse and of course there was the adam weitzman story and all these celebrities that were coming in and different approaches have been you know, tried at, at Syracuse one way or the other, either affiliated with the school or not. So they seem to have settled. The dust has kind of settled into this Orange United approach, the official approach for SU Athletics in terms of NIL, and, and we'll see if that works out for them. And it's uh, it's a number of, of things you could do. It's not just we're going to go through our top five and see where those sports are. But, you know, one thing that Syracuse has emphasized is they're trying to get this across the board for, you know, football drives the bus, and we know that. We certainly know how popular Syracuse basketball is, but they're trying to get these NIL opportunities from from football all the way down. I don't want, I'm not trying to rank anybody per se, but maybe some sports that don't get the attention that football does, the Olympic sports or the non-revenue sports, as they say. So we'll see if those opportunities come, and I, I think it's fascinating what they're doing. And that leads us to our rankings, Dan, okay? So I said this a little earlier. The rules are there's there's kind of no rules here. When I <laughs> when I got in touch with Dan, I'm like, I want to do a top five NIL ranking. He's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, let's just do a top five and see how it comes out, right? So I'm, I'm going to jump in here and give you – we're going to go five all the way up to one, okay? And Dan and I will, will alternate our, our list here. My number five is Emma Ward, okay? Syracuse women's lacrosse player. I think she has the potential to be one of the best players in the country this year. But one of the reasons why I'm putting her on my list is not only the talent she has and not only the sport that she's involved in. I think that that women's lacrosse area is a huge opportunity area for growth. The ratings are growing on the, the television broadcast. There's more interest in the sport. Lacrosse itself is still one of the fastest growing sports in the country. I think there's a lot of young women out there that use social media that look up to athletes in this sport. But one of the reasons I picked her, Dan, is she is such an engaging, colorful personality. Emma does a lot of videos for like the uh, Cuse Women's Lacrosse social media. And every time she does it, I crack up. So she's very camera-friendly, she's engaging, she's funny, and if she's out there endorsing my product, I think I could do pretty well there, and I think I could connect with some audiences there that would, as a sponsor, if you will, trying to get my message out there, whatever it shall be. I think she'd be a great choice, and uh, certainly you want to spread the wealth here and, and get some NIL opportunities on both the men's and women's sports side. So I'm going to lead off with, uh, with Emma at number five. Who's, who's your number five? Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a good pick, Brent. Um, I actually had Emma on my honorable mention part of my list oh, I, nice. I there. And speaking of honorable mention, I do want to mention my first honorable mention, just to go completely off script right from the beginning. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with because my, my favorite sport is ice hockey, big college hockey person. Um, I'm going to go with Rayla Clemens from my, for, on my honorable mention list, uh, senior captain, SU women's ice hockey, um, I've talked to her a few times, really nice, engaging, 
person, skilled athlete, just somebody that's very personable. And for me, some, something that might be important for me, if I'm going to give my money to somebody for NIL marketing is who they are as a person. And Rayla is a medicinal chemistry student um, and being a high level D1 athlete on top of being a medicinal chemistry student, that's super impressive. You're like, you already had, you already have so many other things, you know, going for you at that point. So she's, she's going to be on a, she's my honorable mention. There you go. So you but, mentioned Emma's in the honorable mention. Uh, do you have any other uh, in that category before we get to number five? Um, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll stick with just, with just Rayla for now, because I might have some, you know, five, a five B's. Okay. I mean, might have know, to adjust as we go here. I like that. Not giving away your draft strategy. That's good. Well, you got to adjust. You also have also always have your alternative solutions, stuff like that. Okay. So, so my number five, I'm going to go men's basketball with JJ Starling. Okay. Um, JJ, as we all know, a local product from Baldwinsville. Um, we all know about his talent. He's a high end talent, big time prospect, you know, potential NBA prospect. Um, and from what everybody tells me that's dealt with him at growing up as a kid, um, all the way through now, he's, he's a high character guy. Um, everybody loves him. Su- like just, just super personable to his peers and, and to, um, adults and coaches and relatable to kids and everything like that. So just getting that local flair, um, I think is huge. And same, as I said, that's my five, a, my five B would also be in a similar note, like uh, Daisha, Daisha Fair from women's basketball, being a local product from Rochester, senior star player, um, you know, say in, in, the, in the same sort of in sentence there. I think those are both high-end NIL athletes on campus right now. Two great picks. And if I'm not mistaken, I've already seen JJ in a local car commercial. There yep. may be a couple other things that I just haven't crossed my path yet, but that's always huge when you can get a, like Syracuse basketball players, a high profile but you add the local connection, people that watched him play at Baldwinsville and uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner in that case. All right, number four for me, Dan, and I'm going to stay in the world of lacrosse. I'm going to jump over to the men's lacrosse side and go with Joey Spolina. Spolina had one of the most electric freshman seasons in the history of Syracuse lacrosse. He didn't match the hype. He exceeded it of what type of player he could be. He's the 22 in lacrosse, which is such a established historic brand. He's a great kid. I'll tell you what, I give Joey a lot of credit, too, because Joey actually has a bit of a stutter and has to do a lot of interviews, has to do a lot of public appearances. He's overcome that. He has done some commercials and some endorsements despite that. And, Dan, he's one of the biggest names in the sport, period, let alone at Syracuse. You're reaching a huge lacrosse market there beyond Syracuse, New York, but even just the Syracuse lacrosse fans, you cannot go wrong with having this guy uh, endorse you from the lacrosse side. That's a great pick. Um, I have him a little higher on my list, actually. I think it's that good of a pick, but uh, you know, for, for my number four, which may, some people might think might be a little low is I got, uh, I got Garrett Schrader. At four. Okay. at four, um, you know, Garrett's had a huge week. Um, he's already engaged in NIL deals here locally. Um, and when you're the starting quarterback of a power five ACC football program, you're, you're going to get that love. You're going to get that, you know, that notoriety and everything like that. Um, you see, I mean, I don't know him personally, seems like a good guy, 
But anytime you're the quarterback of a start of a starting quarterback, you're going to get that love. But that that brings me to another exception um, here, Brent. You know, I'll keep him on this list as long as he's the starting quarterback because waiting in the wings is not only a talented quarterback in Carlos Del Rio, uh, but he also has a very pretty pretty decently sized Instagram following. Okay. Oh, I think so about, I can see where you're going there. I think yeah. about fifteen thousand. Um, followers on Instagram, which is which is pretty high for SU athletes, as far as I can tell. I don't know everybody's following, but it, I think it goes to show that you know, if you're going to be the starting point guard, you know the the quarterback, you know the top scorer of the lacrosse team, like you you get that extra attention, but there's also that extra pressure that you know once you when you perform, the sky's the limit. But if not, or if you get hurt, things can be different. Well, the Schrader thing is interesting because. When this all started a couple of years ago, I remember I was doing a local radio interview with Tommy DeVito, and Tommy DeVito lost the starting quarterback job to Garrett Schrader. And to Tommy's credit, he still did the interview. He still showed up for a couple of weeks afterwards before he ended up transferring out. But, you know, that's the choice you had to make before that particular season when everybody thought Tommy was the starter. Garrett comes in, takes over the gig, and has been there ever since. So, I like where your head's at with that. Man, Dan's got letters. He's got provisions. He's got honorable mentions. I love this. He came yeah. firing here. Dealing uh, with the Terry's is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go to my number three here. And uh, you brought up her name before. That's Deja Fair from the Syracuse women's basketball team. Now, Deja comes back. Syracuse had two major players return. Uh, there's another name on this list I think we're both going to have here who returned from the men's team. Deja coming back was a major, major thing for Felicia Leggett-Jack in Syracuse women's basketball. I think she's got the potential to finish as one of the highest-rated players in the history of Syracuse uh, athletics, frankly, let alone basketball. You mentioned, Dan, she's from Rochester. There's a local connection. Now, Deja's a little shy when she's done some interviews, so I think she would have to work on that a little bit, depending on what we're talking about here. But you said it. You can do Instagram. You can do the sort of thing where maybe you don't have to look in a camera and talk for 35 seconds. There are so many ways you can do that. She's a fan favorite. And I'll tell you what, if I get her dad as a bonus, that's huge. I don't know if you've ever seen her Dan, her dad at these games, Dan, he is, he is a super fan. He is as passionate as it comes. He is man. You cannot miss his presence. If you go to a Syracuse women's basketball game. So give me Deja. Now I'm going to say this. If I had to pick somebody from Syracuse women's basketball overall to endorse my product, if I got a little money left over, I mean, you got to pick coach Jack because she is just a tornado of energy and right. she is fantastic. I know she's already got some local endorsement deals. I think I believe with Wegmans in a couple different places. So she'd be my top pick, but we're doing NIL. We're doing players. And I think Deja would be fantastic. Got to bring the whole crew along you're, you're Everybody you're associated with can be a part of your, who you are. That's right. Your, your dad, your mom, your brothers, your sisters, your teammates, your, your coach, the more the merrier, the more personalities, the better. So, you know, some of the best NIL engagements I saw here at Syracuse were the Bayheim brothers. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's stuff like that. Stuff like that's always a blast. For sure. Absolutely. All right. We're into your top three now. Oops. I'm dropping my list on the floor here. <laughs> For three, I'm going to go with, with somebody you already mentioned, uh, Joey Spelina. I'm, I'm not going to go too much more into him, but, I think, I mean, based on what I know, he might actually have the largest Instagram following of any SU athlete. 
I think around maybe 30 K I'm not entirely sure, but you know, I'm like, I'm a former washed up lacrosse guy. From, <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm from Yorktown, New York, big time lacrosse, played high school there under coach Dave Marr. I know how big lacrosse can be, especially down on Long Island. And a kid like Joey Spelina, where I knew who he was years ago, and I'm not even in the lacrosse circles anymore. That just shows his reach. Like he can be the next face of lacrosse. Um, he had a great first year. He still has plenty more time here. And just beyond that, um, lacrosse is especially fruitful for guys that have their own camps and equipment and just are the, can be the, like they're like the Paul Rabel set and um, blueprint for lacrosse. And I think the way Joey's going now, especially with already having a pretty decent social media following, the sky's the limit for a kid like that. So my top two, I have Garrett Schrader at number two. Starting quarterback, I think he's a personality that connects with the fan base. They love how he plays the game. I don't see him losing that starting job this year, uh, unless it's by injury. It's not going to be, as we mentioned, a Schrader-DeVito situation from two years ago. Now, look, this team started 6-0 and last year and faded down the stretch, partially because Schrader was banged up a little bit in the second half of the year. I don't want to see him run the ball 25 times a game like he did against Purdue. So, you know, making an investment in a product I want on the field at this point. I know everybody's a hit away in football, but I think Schrader has done a great job with these things. He's already got a few endorsement deals out there. He's got car commercials and a couple other places. I'm not going to give some free advertising to here on the podcast, but I think he's <laughs> done a, a great job with what he's done. And you said it. I mean, even though Syracuse football hasn't been up to standards broadly in recent years schrader is somebody that connects the other day dan i'm out mowing my lawn and a couple of my neighbors walk by one's got a schrader six jersey on and his kids got gatson number 19 who unfortunately is now out for the season of course for syracuse so starting quarterback everything nil is supposed to be he's in my top two you're making me second guess having him so low because i mean he put the team on his back like he's He's incredible. He's got the beard. You know, he, he's doing all the local advertisements. I'd love to see him doing something a little more national. Um, but, you know, he's uh, he's the man. He's the man right now. It's a, it's a good time to be Garrett Schrader, in my opinion. For sure. My, um, my number two might be somebody that some people don't know of or aren't really thinking about, kind of going with the social media following. I'm going with Elena Rice from the women's basketball program. Okay who has been doing a lot of partnerships on TikTok. I mean, I'm 34 years old. I The only reason I have a TikTok account is so I can follow all my clients and make sure that make sure we see what they're up to and making sure they're all being compliant with the <laughs> law and, and doing paid partnerships. But she has like, I think like 110,000 followers on TikTok. Really? And I know wow. she's had some partnerships. I think it was... I, I want to say it was Reebok. I'm not really sure, but she's been super active, posts a lot of content. She she started a bunch of games last year for, for the team, I think over 20, played in every single game, put up some really nice numbers. And I think the women's basketball team is on the rise. And having that combination of being a starter and having that big following and being personable, that she I think she might be setting herself up for not only a successful year, but a successful future moving forward. I'm glad you mentioned that. This is why I'm glad I had you on. I mean, look, I'm certainly aware of TikTok and its influence on everything. I was just at the Savannah Bananas 
last week. I'm going to talk about that a bit here coming up here on the podcast. And TikTok, like, threw a tanker truck of fuel onto how that popularity accelerated. I'm just not on TikTok that often. I wouldn't know about Elena's presence there, but that's huge. That's, you know, such a big part of the game, as you know, the social media presence there. And I'm thinking of other social media, and she's killing it on TikTok like that. I'm kind of regretting not, not putting her on my list. That is a great pick. Yeah, I mean, to preface everything, though, just because you're not big on social media doesn't that doesn't mean that you can't be an NIL star. You oh, know, social, sure. yeah. social media drives a lot of it, and, you know, that's – and I, and I play a focus on that, like, you know, because my, my firm represents a lot of big people on social media outside of college athletics. I'm sure like you guys know, Tim, the tap man, he's uh he's one of our guys and he's a huge person internet personality. I'm a little upset with him right now because his Cowboys just beat my jets, <laughs> but I, it's neither here nor there. So just also want to preface that for any athletes that are listening out there. Like just because you don't have a big social media following doesn't mean that you can't jump in on this. Good advice. Uh, it, it's, it's, help, it's helpful and you need to build your brand to kind of show brands who you are, but it, but it's not a, it's not a must have prerequisite. Yeah. But, if you don't know Tim's story out there, look him up. He, he has a fascinating, uh, he's a gamer on Twitch. If, uh, if, if YouTube if, on YouTube now, yes. so it's not Twitch. He's on YouTube. Okay. See yes. grandpa here trying to figure out where everybody is, You're, but he, he has got a, be on Twitch. Pre- now, now he's YouTube. Gotcha. Okay. He's yeah. got a very fascinating story, but that's that's for another podcast. Yes. Well, Dan, there's a name neither one of us have mentioned here who's got to be number one, right? Do we both have Judah Mintz at the top of the list? We both have Judah Mintz at the top of the list. He's got to be. I mean, he is, you mentioned, the starting point guard for the Syracuse basketball team. He exploded onto the scene last year. If you're the most popular guy on the most popular team on campus, you've already got a built-in advantage there. He is engaging. I've seen him in a couple commercials. He's really good in. He can provide the highlights. Not that these other athletes couldn't for social media, but there's just something about being the man on the Syracuse men's basketball team. JJ makes that list. I think there's a couple other guys that could have some opportunities in the NIL world, but if you could only pick one, it's got to be Judah Mintz. I mean, yeah. There's, I mean, I really at this point I think there's no debate. He's starting point guard he had a great year he's he's a Syracuse basketball guy through and through you know he works hard he's aggressive he he came back too. just even that more love for him and the reason you know he has a he has a good social media following too just to harp on that a little more but he he has that future pro prospect flair to him and that you know and when you're a brand looking for somebody to partner with that's a college athlete you want that you want that partnership to be everlasting. You want to be able to get to these athletes now, build those relationships now. And then when they go pro, you already have that relationship with that, with that big time pro athlete. And Judah Mintz has the making of, you know, right now being a first round pick in the NBA draft coming up next year. And, you know, it seems like a great kid come from a great family. You know, again, sky's the limit with him, not only, you know, in NIL, but just as a basketball player and as a person. Checks all the boxes, and people love how he plays the game as well, which uh, can't hurt in that case as well. Yeah, it's a hard. It's hard when uh, SU when SU fans all you know feel the same way in a positive manner about anybody wearing orange. You know, that's right. That that really says a lot. 
But listen, this is such a great exercise because while number one I anticipated would be the same, none of our other choices were exactly right. You brought a couple different names into the mix. I brought a couple different names into the mix. You had honorable mentions and A's and B's and got us thinking in that world of NIL. Dan, I can't thank you enough. Great stuff. People uh, can follow you on social media. Speaking of which, I'll put it up on the screen here so people can check it out. It's uh, at DanGreen15 on Twitter for people to check it out there. And Dan, just such a great job following all the world of social media here and uh, and NIL and everything going on there. And appreciate you playing along and having a little fun with us here. We'll definitely do this again down the road. But thanks for hopping on Syracuse Sports with us today, my friend. Definitely, Ryan. Really appreciate it. Happy to talk NIL and Cues to you anytime. Oh, but wait, there's just one more thing. Something rare happened in my household lately. My daughter begged me to go to a baseball game. But of course, it wasn't just any old baseball game. It was the Savannah Bananas baseball circus extravaganza that came through NBT Bank Stadium in Syracuse recently. Now, look, I got to tell you, I don't think I've had more fun at a sporting event in my life. You were entertained from the moment you arrived to the moment you left, fan-friendly, music, fun, games. Everyone's in a good mood. Every seat in the house was filled. That's a rare thing at NBT Bank Stadium and scored some major dad points with my daughter. But that's what stood out to me. My daughter, my 16-year-old daughter, begging me to go to a baseball game, something she's never done. Now, she's into sports, but she really, really wanted to see the Savannah Bananas. And having experienced it now, it really hit me that everything kind of needs a hook these days and how you really have to grab a younger audience in a different way than a previous generation. Now, the Savannah Bananas became really popular during COVID on TikTok with their choreographed dances and the things that are just very social media friendly and very smart. And when we were there, one of the rules of Banana Ball, two hours, that's it, game's over pretty much when you get there. People know this is fast-paced. It's moving. They took a lot of the conventional rules of baseball and completely turned them on their head. What they did is they took out the dead time in a sport that's known for its dead time more than any. There was not a moment that was not filled with something. Now, look, what the bananas do, it's not necessarily good. It's not necessarily bad. But what it is is it's different, and you have to stand out these days get and earn and keep anybody's attention, if that's sports or any other walk of life. And by the way, it's not just the younger generation. We're all guilty of this. We're all guilty of scrolling on our phones, looking for the next thing, and our brains processing things a lot quicker. And that insatiable hunger of FOMO, give me that next thing and give it to me now. You know, I watch sports differently than my dad did. He would have been thrilled to have, you know, loops of sports center on, all morning in his day and on and on it goes back to when checking the box scores was a new innovation in sports media right now look my daughter consumes sports in the world differently than i did the main difference is how quickly they process things as we were saying and moving on to the next and i sat in that stadium and i wondered if sports as we know it will survive and the answer to that is no because they evolve. And guess what? Baseball's at the center of it. 
Remember what Terrence Mann said in played by James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams. He said, the one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. I should do my uh, bad James Earl Jones impression here. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball, baseball has marked the time. What marked the time of one of the great innovations in all of sports today? A baseball game. It's just being done in a different way to appeal to a different generation. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. At Syracuse Sports, we thank you so much for listening to episode 14. Just a reminder that you can hit us on voicemail, 315-552-1964. You can always get in touch with me, Brent Axe Media on Twitter or X if you prefer. And, of course, you can email me at baxe at syracuse.com. Let me remind you that we have a postgame show. Rumor has it that the postgame show may be live a live version after the Syracuse Army game on Saturday. But nonetheless, you can find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to Syracuse Sports, and we do thank you for that. Leave us a review while you're there. Uh, Do us a solid there. We would really appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks to Dan Green for joining us today, and we will talk to you next time.